Welcome to Belonging Before Believing, where I'm winded from laughter. I'm Patrick Mathers, the pastor of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship here in Chico. And I'm Brian Gumpy, an elder at Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. Oh, are you as tired out as I am? Dude, I have tears. You were crying. We were all laughing. over my face. So hard. D- because we recorded a funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's just funny to me. I've never... I We talked about this before. I haven't really watched Homestar Runner. Uh-huh. But yeah. But what, you, well, explain. What okay. was what, so, the project? So my daughter asked us to do a project. Uh, well, asked me to do a dramatic reading of a poem. Um I guess it's about morticians, I guess. It's about death. It's about death. It's really, really depressing. <laughs> um, so we Brian had the brilliant idea of saying... Well, it was after you finished recording like the dramatic one, and we're sitting here like, yeah. oh, ooh. We should do this in funny voice. I just thought to myself, what would it sound like if Strong Bad had read this dramatic <laughs> poem? So we did. So we did. And your strong bat is way better than mine. Mine uh, sounded more like Jack Black from Nacho Libre trying <laughs> to do strong bat. Is more what mine sounded like. Uh, it it still it's it still it holds up. It made me laugh harder than I've laughed in a very long time. Apparently, I've laughed harder recently because you said I. Didn't. The time you powered down, yeah. I, I don't remember that. Oh, did, we talk, did we talk about that on one did. of these episodes no, yet? No, no. Okay. Didn't. All right. So Is this where it happens? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So you and I were <laughs> hanging out at Joel's house. It was just the three of just us. Just the three of us. Yeah. yeah this was uh, still in the aftermath of uh, the campfire. And Ellen was in mm-hmm. the bay with her parents. Mm-hmm. So it was just the three of us. And... You were hitting your inhaler and, you know, coughing and wheezing a little bit and having a hard time breathing. And and then I look, Joel starts talking about how he sneezed and pulled a muscle in his side. And then I look back and forth at you guys for a second because I was sitting in between you. And I say, I, say, I need to get some younger friends. <laughs> and then you started laughing so hard. Your face turned tomato red. And you know how you kind of like you can hear like different little like ha 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 ha's in somebody's laugh. You had one ha that lasted for about like fourteen seconds. It was, <laughs> <laughs> and you just turned this deep shade of red. You, I heard no inhale or exhale or anything, and you just slowly, slowly leaned your head forward towards the table. So Did that I actually get on the table? You actually, yes, lowered your face to the table. And me and Joel are still laughing because you were laughing so hard. We were all laughing together. And then there was this kind of like, kind of like on the tail end of a laugh and kind of nervous. Joel would like reenacted it later where I kind of look over at you and go, uh, Pat? Pat? <laughs> And then your head just pops up, and you're like, "What?" I'm like, dude, you powered down. I, you're like, "How? How long? What? No, I didn't. How long was my head down there?" I was like, "Dude, you were down there for like two or three full seconds," which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but when somebody's not moving, 
and you saw them not breathing. <laughs> it was it was alarming. And you said, dude, I had a dream. I did that quick. I had a dream. <laughs> I was at a mountain. <laughs> and I said, do not listen to Vince Gill. Do not go rest high upon that mountain, Pat. Not yet. Because that means I'm dead. Yes, that yeah. means you're dead. I didn't dead. Uh, you did not laugh that hard today. <laughs> to die. Whew. When you did your... It was more of a marathon laughing today than just a 440 mm-hmm. or a 100-yard dash of laughter mm-hmm. that powered me down. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Dude, that audio is gold. Yeah. We, we got to... Yeah. I don't know what we're going to do with I don't it. know if that's going to be publicly released, but uh, you can find our phone numbers on the church website, softjoycf.org. Uh, text us and uh, or email us. Hey, here's and, what we want you to do. And perhaps we'll hit you back with we, some sweet, sweet audio. We don't do this very often, but, dude, hit us up, please, people. Like, we really, we, we not only need you to listen, because, I mean, we do this for our own fun, too, but we really want to be a blessing for you guys and something that's fun and informative. But um, but hit us up. Talk to us. Let us know you're out there, even if it's just a quick little listening or a little smiley face on one of our social media posts or whatever. Let us know, please. We need it. It encourages us. It keeps us motivated. And uh, uh, maybe we'll pass on some funny, extra funny, bonus funny bits. Strong bad reading, Do You Know What Death Is? <laughs> So speaking of softball questions, like, do you know what death is? Pat. Hey, what? Can you explain the Trinity? That's our question today? That is our question today. No. No, I can't explain the Trinity. There we go. That was a lot shorter than I thought it would be, (laughs) to be perfectly honest. Uh, Okay. Is it like ice? No. Or water? Shut up. Uh, Noel Patrick. If you know, if you know what that is, that Noel Patrick. Oh, Patrick! You're 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 gonna know that there is no explanation of the Trinity. Modalism, Patrick. It's not like ice. It's not like a four leaf clover. Yeah, that's not like fire. It's not like the sun. It's not like an egg. It's not like an apple. Would it be helpful to talk about some of the bad ones and the popular misconceptions? We just did. No, but I mean, like, why it's not like ice, why it's not like fire or four-leaf clover or all these other things. Like, is that a helpful way to well, go about it? Or should we do that later? We we can't. Let's do that. Let, let's come back around to that. Fine. So, no, no. Okay, we'll... we'll no, we can't. No, that's totally probably more helpful to do it later. I was just being okay. antagonistic. Okay. So, the to sum up, the doctrine of the Trinity is the Christian position that there is one God and that one God is revealed in three persons in this. There's one God in essence and nature, and there's three in function and purpose. So their essence, their nature, they're all God. So if there's something you can say about the nature of God, it applies to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If there's something you can say about the function and how they interact with history and humanity, that's where the differences are going to come from. So when we talk about omniscience, all-knowingness, we're going to say that that's a part of the essence of God. And that is going to communicate uh, throughout all three members of the Trinity. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all all all-knowing. 
Um, and we can look at certain passages and certainly see that throughout Scripture. But they're one in essence. So that comes from Deuteronomy is the big passage. It's the Shema um, in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit by their house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, and then it goes on and on from there. But here it says, the Lord God is one. So this is monotheism. We as Christians, we are monotheistic. We believe there is only one God. We are not tritheistic where we believe in three separate, unique, and distinct gods, we are monotheistic. So that puts us in the same category as the other two major monotheistic religions, um, namely Islam and Judaism, that we all believe there's only one God. Now, the difference is that we believe that this God is in three persons. Now, we would need something very substantial for us to uh, come to that conclusion, um, something needs to be revealed on throughout the pages of Scripture in order to get us to that place. So there are several places in the New Testament where uh, Jesus is declaring himself to be God, and it's pretty much understood that that, that is what he's doing. Um, so let's go to John chapter 5 first. Let's go there. Let me... Sorry for this thing here. Okay. Jesus, he had just healed a guy who was at the pool of Bethesda. And um, he did it on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders are very upset that he had broke the Sabbath in healing him. And the guy told, tells the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who healed him. And it says in verse 18, so this is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So they understood that what he was saying there was tantamount to him saying that he actually is God. And um, let's see, John chapter 8, um, Jesus is talking back and forth again with similar religious leaders. We don't know if all the exact same people were there in that particular group, but um, a lot of them were there. It says, uh, he talks about, you know, going back and forth with them. If God were your father, Jesus says to these people, then you would love me because I came from him and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. This is why you don't understand the things I'm saying, because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and you do what he desires you to do. He was a murderer from the beginning because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he's a liar and the father of lies. I tell you the truth. You don't believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? I tell the truth and you don't believe me. Whoever is of God, hears the words, the word of God. This is the reason that you don't hear them is that you are not of God. So he goes through this whole thing and they pick up stones at the end to stone him because 
he called himself God there at the very end of this chapter. In John chapter 10, it actually goes even further, and he, they pick up stones, and in verse 33, Jesus says, well, why are you going to kill me? And he says, well, it's not for a good work that we're doing, but because you being a man, you are making yourself God. He's saying that he is God. So Jesus claimed to be God on many occasions. He never denied it. At the end of the Gospel of John, he receives worship from Thomas. He receives worship in John chapter 9 from the man who was born blind. He receives worship from his disciples. So Jesus is God as well. Um, in the book of 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians, pardon me, um, there's a passage where Paul actually reiterates the Shema, but he includes Jesus in that particular passage. And then we have the Holy Spirit. And in John chapter 5, pardon me, Acts chapter 5, um, there's the story of these two people who lied to all of the disciples about how much money they sold a piece of property for, and they died. And it says that you have lied to the Holy Spirit. Um, so talking about they lied to the Holy Spirit, and then later on it says, but you did not lie to men, you lied to God. So Peter there is calling the Holy Spirit God as well. So they're all personages. They're all, you know, have personality and um, are um, unique in that way. Um, but they all have different purposes. The purpose of the Father is to decree, to ordain. The purpose of Christ is to come and secure all of the um, ordination that the Father has ordained, namely saving his people from their sins. And the Holy Spirit's job is to come and apply that salvation to those who God has chosen to save. Um, so they're all one. They're all united in essence. Um, they only differ in their function and their purpose. So I guess this is a good place to start. Yeah. Um, when we see in the Gospels Jesus waking up early and getting um, away to be by himself to pray, mm -hmm. he's praying to himself? So that would be something that the, a modalist would bring up. A modalist is somebody who believes that there's one God who has manifested himself in three different personages throughout history. In the Old Testament, he manifested himself as the Father, in the Gospels, he manifested himself as Jesus. And then uh, in now he is manifested as the Holy Spirit. Same God, just has three different outfits on. Mm -hmm. You know, he's three different ways. Um, but we're saying, no, there are three different members of the Trinity, all alive and functioning, interacting. They have a relationship with each other for eternity. They've always related to each other. They will always relate to each other. Jesus is unique in the Trinity in that he has the only member who has taken on another nature, namely human nature. And so in that human nature, when he condescended and became a man and took on flesh, then he did function in every way possible as a human so that he could be our perfect savior. He was 100% a man while at the same time still being 100% God. So when he was, as a human, he was praying, well, he's still a human, he's just glorified now, but here when he was on earth, I mean, um, he would go and he would pray, and he lived in every way as a perfect man should and could 
so that we could have salvation. So, yes, he did pray to the Father. Um, it was not praying to himself. Mm-hmm. He was praying to a different person. So, I understand modalism. Like, I understand why it's not, that's not something that we would agree with or believe or recommend, whatever you want to say. Uh, Why is it not helpful to think of God basically being three gods, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Obviously, we say he exists in three persons. What's the difference between one God existing in three persons and just having three gods who exist in perfect harmony? Sure. So the most accurate answer is that's not how the Bible reveals God to be. And we we can't go outside of that. We have to say this is how God has revealed himself. He has revealed himself as one God and that He this one God functions in three persons. Um, so it isn't three different arm, like he has, you know, one God has three arms and they're functioning differently like that. No, they all are made up of the same essence. So we can't say that there are three gods because the Bible doesn't reveal three gods. The Bible reveals there's one God in these three distinct and unique persons. And we can't go further than that. So um, some theologians get in trouble when they start to speculate further than the Bible actually goes. Uh, Jonathan Edwards was like that with certain things. Um, So I don't want to go down that road myself. So where the Bible is silent, I need to be silent as well. So there are certain questions that... And the reason why I started this podcast and you asked the question, can you explain Trinity? I said no, mm-hmm. is because there's no adequate explanation that mortals can come up with or comprehend that actually does justice to the infinite God. We're, we're always going to struggle with this one. Well, nothing like this exists anywhere else in nature. Right. Nothing like, no. there's no analogy that's really helpful. Right, and because there's no analogy, there's, there, there's no way that we can get our mind around it. We really, really depend on comparison to understand things. Well, that's, how, that's, that's all we know, isn't totally. it? Totally. I mean, that's, that's what I mean. For, yeah. for everything that we understand, there's something similar to it or more foundational to it that our understanding has built upon so that we can come to that level of understanding. And there's, there's nothing like that in this case. Right. Which, I mean, it's honestly helpful that Christ, helpful. <laughs> That's so the greatest understatement ever that helpful that Christ became a man <laughs> because, um, it is helpful. It is helpful that he, he reveals to us, so much that we could never know because he became a human. He could go so far as to tell Philip in John chapter 14 that anyone who has seen Jesus has seen the Father, that they are so, un- they are so united in essence that if the Father were to have been the one who have come down and taken on human flesh, we'd, it'd be the exact same thing. There would be no even nuance of difference. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. And we could go further and say the same thing about the Holy Spirit as well, Mm -hmm. that if you've seen Jesus, then you've seen the Holy Spirit as well. Um, So Christ becoming human, he he reveals so much to us about God. That's why we read the Old Testament backwards through the lens of the New Testament. 
if we don't do that, then we're going to have a skewed perspective and view of God, which a lot of people do. You know, they'll say, oh, well, this, you know, God was different in the Old Testament because he did all these things. Well, no, you have to read it back through the lens of Christ, and that way things make a lot more sense. So that's a perfect segue to my next question. So we obviously, we see God the Father from the very beginning. Uh, We see Christ at the incarnation, and we see the Holy Spirit. Jesus calls him the helper, right? When the helper comes, yeah. Um, And so before the incarnation... And before we see the Holy Spirit come in the New Testament, what, what, what were they doing? Um, Christ, so, well, well they, were, they were ruling the universe. <laughs> they were sovereignly ruling everything. But, um, but was Jesus a human? No, no. But he, I believe, did show up. I believe every time that you see in the Old Testament a theophany, which is an appearance of God, in some way, shape, or form. He appears in Genesis. He appears in Joshua. In Judges, he appears. I think twice he appears in Judges. But needless to say, every time you see God showing up in a human form, I believe that's Christ. I believe that's a, you know, Christ showing up. And that he is... And most of those times, there's some kind of revelation taking place um, of the Father. And the Holy Spirit, he's doing a similar work of conviction of sin, of bringing and applying faith to people. He's giving them that gift of faith and repentance. Um, David acknowledges that in the Psalms. And so while it isn't a full-orbed faith, they're believing in the things that have been revealed. So for them, they believe in the promises of God that if I sacrifice, then God has promised to forgive me of my sins. Well, the faith in that sacrifice comes from the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing. So if a person believes and trusts in God for salvation, trusts in the promises, so we're going through the book of Hebrews right now, right? And we're coming to the section on Moses in Gen- or Hebrews chapter 11. And everyone who exhibits faith is exhibiting something that was given to them by the Holy Spirit, even in the Old Testament. Nobody on their own comes to faith it has to be a supernatural work of God. So what's the difference between the way that the <clears throat> Holy Spirit functioned then and the Holy Spirit functions now? Because, like, I mean, what did Jesus mean when he says that when the helper comes then? Mm-hmm. So the difference now is that when he comes, the new covenant has been fulfilled in Christ. And what that means is under the old covenant, you believed in the promises that were revealed. But those were things like, sacrifices, you know, and and even though a lot of them knew, David's a good example of this, that the blood of bulls and goats really didn't atone for sins. It was the faith in God and trusting that he said that if I do this, I'll be saved. So it's trust in God, not in the act that I'm doing. Now, the helper is that he brings us into the new covenant. So whereas there was not new covenant believers before they were looking forward to this new covenant in Christ while they lived under this old covenant of rules and sacrifices and rituals but the holy spirit now takes that person and brings them into the new covenant so his helping them is he convicts them of sin which he did in the old testament applies faith to their life which he did in the old testament but now changes their very nature 
which didn't happen in the same way in the Old Testament because the new covenant hadn't been given yet. So now our heart of stone is taken out and a heart of flesh is put in versus a gifting of faith and repentance. We have a new nature in Christ Jesus now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to we're gonna end up coming, as we can talk about this for hours. I have books and books and books, fat, fat books on the Trinity. But sooner or later, we come to, you know, the point of the discussion where they begin to, you know, kind of coalesce into each other. And one of the good things that we should always take away from the Trinity is that this is one of the reasons when we say God is love, that we're not just saying some ishy, squishy kind of thing. We're talking about relationship, a pure relationship. The only way love can be exhibited is not just one to two. It's, it's with three people because you're constantly giving and constantly receiving that love. And it's going, you know, the the triangle. Gosh, see, it breaks down. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to an analogy, and I can't I can't avoid it because my human reasoning, you know, only gets me so far. But it demonstrates that you know you're constantly in showing love and giving and receiving love from one or two other of these members. So they're constantly in a love relationship with one another. And so when we say that. That's what we're saying. God is not some amorphous emotion of love. He's not just some concept. The reason he's love is because he's always in loving communion and fellowship with Jesus and with the, with the Holy Spirit or Jesus with the Father and the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit with Jesus and the Father. And, and that's love. So when we talk about the love that we exhibit towards other people, we should be seeing in Christ, loving from the love that he has given to us, and that love should be flowing out from the love that we see in God and that God has for us and that God has towards each other in in the Trinity. So it it will never be raw emotion. It will be love based upon God's character. So God is holy. His love is going to be holy. His love is going to be righteous. His love is going to be just. His love is going to be pure. It's never going to be sinful and wicked. So when we use love and we apply it to sinful terms, we're using the word love wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, you got a question of the day? Oh, yeah. Here, oh, here's a good one. Was there ever an event in your life that defied explanation? Hey, Brian. Was there ever an event in your life that defied explanation? I feel like your questions of the day are getting harder. (sighs) Defied explanation. Yes. I got a good one, too. Oh, I... mm, mm. Okay. So, my wife and I, we (sighs) went on some trip, some just like weekend away or whatever. We get home, back to Chico, back to our old place over in Chapman Town, and... uh, we walk into our room. You remember there was one bathroom in our house and it was attached to our bedroom. You had to go into our bedroom to get to the one bathroom in the house. So we go, we're in our bedroom, we put our stuff down and we open the bathroom door. And like I said, we've been gone all weekend. We open the bathroom door and there sitting on the toilet, using it for its intended purpose was our cat. (laughs) Never happened before, hasn't happened since. 
Whoa, that's crazy. That's crazy. Okay. It's like, is this what he does when we're gone? He's like using it properly and yeah. flushing in it. Well, not flushing, but yeah. Wow. That's Mr. Crazy. Jinx lacks the opposable thumbs. <laughs> Paws can work, right? It's from Meet the Parents. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, you just watched that. Yeah, I did. It was funny. Uh, so, okay. So one time in Bible college, we were driving and I was driving way too fast. And one of the guys in the passenger seat, he was like, ah, faster, faster, like trying to get me to slow down. Yeah. And guess what that did? Made me go faster. Mm-hmm. So I got on the side of the road where the gravel is because it's up in the mountains, so they plow the road. So there's always gravel on the side of the roads. And I hit that, and there was nothing I could do. We just went off. And this is a huge cliff. We're, we're going to die. But we don't. We go, whoop, and we hit a tree growing out the side of the cliff. And just perfectly, we just rest right there. We're able to climb out and climb like right up there. And it's like we look down and it's hundred, uh, well, hundreds of feet, but it's, it's more than 100 feet down. So we would have died. But nope, we just went off the side of the road and boop, just got saved right by this tree that was just growing out the side of the cliff. It's like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Wow. That's my explanation, my defying explanation. Yours is a lot different than mine. <laughs> Yours is fun. <laughs> Samson. Samson is the cat's name. Did, did Is that Samson still around? Yeah. Delilah is the one that's not? No, Delilah's still around too. Both ba- of them? Yeah. Oh. Delilah hangs out with our neighbor next door to the left, and Samson hangs out with our neighbors next door to the right. Once we got Skittles, our dog, they quit coming around. So they don't hang out with each other either, huh? No, apparently not. They're just it was a rough move for everyone when that dog came in. <laughs> oh, so what event has happened in your life that defies explanation? Let us know where we believe that you belong. <laughs> <laughs>